them was all about what's driving you. Is it love? And that's that extremely familiar word. Is it love or is it detachment? Are we being driven by this intense feeling of compassion, love, concern, care, however you want to put that? Or is the circumstance in our life and the things that we've gone through in life, have they caused us to kind of cut cords and build walls? Kind of hold people and even circumstances that an arm's length. I think it's important. The kingdom of God is built on this foundation of love. And we're going to talk about that here in just a second, but it's important in this way because there's a lot of there's a lot of people that because of pain, even in the church, because they experienced something that was less than favorable among people whom we might call people of God. They built walls even against the church in their interaction with the church. Talk to a lot of people that faced that in their life. That they've been hurt in the church. Matter of fact, I I can even relate to that. You know, thinking about the years that I have put into ministry and even before that being a part of a church and really all my life, literally, I was raised going to church and being a part of the church. We were very faithful. Uh, we were raised in that environment where, you know, my mom used to say, if the church, if the church doors are open, we're going to be there. And it didn't matter what day, it didn't matter what time, it didn't matter how late, uh, we were going to be there. That was the faithfulness of, of that community. But yet I have recognized even in my own life that I really haven't been hurt by non-church people in my life. You know, all of the pain in reality, the pain and the things that, that have hurt me the most have, have happened among the people of God in the church. That's, that's the peril, really, but that is also the blessing because here is this tremendous idea that no matter what the circumstance, no matter what we go through, no matter how life treats us or even other people treat us, there is still this tremendous redeeming value of being a part of the people and the kingdom of God through the church. Matter of fact, any pain that I have ever received in the church has not caused me to build walls that cause detachment in my life. But it has endeared me even more to the people that I walk with in this journey, recognizing that all of us face pain. All of us have bad days, and all of us make decisions sometimes that, that hurt people. But yet, if within the church there is an overwhelming feeling of love, that, that if love is the driving force of that relationship, it's just like familial relationships in our lives. There have been times that family members have hurt us. There have been times that there has been pain in our closest relationships. Yet those 
relationships endure the pain because of this idea of love. That I, I love you enough to put up the bad news. That my love for you has not caused these walls of detachment to be built in my life to surround me to begin to cut off relationships and cut off opportunities. And so it is that we wonder what's behind the wheel of our car. Is it love or is it detachment? I seriously think we've got to discuss this. And last time I get to roll this down for y'all. And it's absolutely my favorite thing. I also like to listen to the radio. As you know, you never know what might be playing. We proved that last week. So let's see what's on the radio today. Shot through the heart and you're too late. You give love.
<laughs> I just watched G. Paul. He's the older person in the crowd that would get it. And so just keep your eyes on him. You, what about that? What about that? I mean, how many people feel that way? How many people feel that way in their life that I've been shot through the heart? And then you could point at someone or something and say, you're to blame. Pastor is just looking at me. I'm thinking. Remember, several years ago, there was some changes in a particular circumstance in the church. It's not the transitional changes when we were still thoroughly entrenched in the denomination. And we had some... Changes going on in staff, and there had been there had been some measure of turmoil behind um, pastoral changes and things and stuff that I couldn't even talk about. Stuff that I couldn't I couldn't say. Well, this is why the the the, the circumstances were so private for the lives of the other people. It's the type of thing that I've never done to stand up and say, you know, we're we're having this shift. We're having this change of personnel, and, 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 and this is why. I, I couldn't give the reason why. It was just too personal. It, it would embarrass and humiliate. So it was that I just, I just make this announcement that there's going to be a change, and, 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 and we tried to move on, but it sit in the heart of a particular couple that didn't understand. They had relations, family relations with this individual. And there were some other things that were taking place. And I'll never forget the, the, the day they called and said, we want, we want to have a meeting with you. And, and so it was, and we want to make sure that, that Raylene is there. And so Raylene and I agreed that we would meet them here before uh, a music practice that evening that we were already scheduled to be here for and I'll never forget uh, going in there not knowing the nature of this meeting matter of fact we thought the nature of this meeting was going to be positive we had no reason to believe otherwise we thought that they were going to tell us uh, some positive news perhaps that they were expecting a child or something like that and and that was kind of the nature of the whole thing but when we got in there I'll never forget me um sitting behind the desk and Raylene sitting in the chair and and things went cloudy real fast. I'll never forget the, the feeling that, that I had when this when this young lady, the wife in this situation, turns not to me, but she turns to Raylene and she says, We are leaving the church and, and as her hand swung back around toward me, sitting behind my desk, she pointed at me and said, and it's his fault. He's to blame. The sinking feeling to know that for whatever reason, somebody's heart is turned against you because they feel that you have given love a bad name. In that particular circumstance, I am 
thankful that those people were redeemed in the kingdom of God, albeit somewhere else. But how many times have people pointed at circumstances or at people or at things in their life and said, I am detaching myself. I am cutting myself off. I am building walls and you're to blame. I play my part and you play your game. I'm shot to the heart and you're to blame. How many people have loaded guns in our emotions and in our lives that that at some point, I mean, I know you've been there. I know I have been there. At some point, you just say, enough is enough. I'm not going to love anymore. I'm not going to involve myself anymore. I'm just going to keep the whole thing at an arm's distance or even more than that. I'm just, I just can't be shot in the heart anymore. Although that may be some measure of comfort in the flesh, this is what I really think we've got to understand. There may be some measure of comfort in the flesh behind that. I mean, ha, the great relief of knowing that I'm, I'm not going to love, that I'm, I'm not going to involve myself with people, that I'm just going to live my life separate from all of that. And yet, God created us. As creatures of emotion. And God created us as people who no matter how hard we try, we just can't seem to get away from this thing called love. I believe we can trace all of this back to creation and things and thoughts that I've I've brought to us before that, that here is, is man that was created in this perfect place as we talked about last week. He, he received everything that he, ought, that, that, that he needed for survival. God provided for him everything for his comfort. Yet when God passed through this perfect place with, with Adam there, when God passed through this paradise. If we had another week, we might sing that one. Para, paradise. No, we don't have another week. We might figure that one out for the next time we bring the car out of storage. When God passed through this perfect place, you know, I, I really... I really don't know what God saw. I mean, we don't get any indication of what demeanor was with Adam, with what, with what look was on his face. We don't get any details as far as whether or not Adam was showing signs of loneliness. I mean, here's God. He created man. He, he, he put man in this paradise Place, this place where everything was provided for him. And yet God passes through in Genesis 2.18 and says, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper 
suitable for him. It's just not good. I mean, you know, you can be a castaway and at some point in, in your journey of being a castaway, you, you start longing for companionship. I mean, Tom Hanks in the movie Castaway exampled that powerfully when he finds the Wilson, was that a soccer ball? Volleyball. He he find he finds the Wilson ball and he and and, and and puts a face on Wilson and talks to Wilson like Pastor JP talks to soccer balls. Please help us win. Please, I'm begging you, Mr. Wilson. And you ha- there's, this, there's this something going on in mankind. Like I said, I mean, I mean, we don't get any information as far as what God saw. Did God see Adam sitting alone? Did, did, did God's compassionate heart recognize that I've created this man and I've created him in my image? And if there's anything true in my image, it's the fact that there is perfect unity in community. That in the image of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this perfect harmony in communion, that that God never experienced loneliness, that God never experienced isolation. And now he's looking at this creation that he so deemed to create in his image and he notices something about this man, that this man has no fellowship. That this man who deep-rooted in the very heart and mind of God is this idea of love. And man has been placed in paradise with no one to love. Whatever God saw, however Adam was acting, God said, it's just not good for the man. Maybe I should say it like this, that God looked at Adam and said, alone is not good for him. Alone is not good for him. See, this is why we can't let detachment to get behind the wheel of our life. Detachment drives people into the ditch of loneliness and ultimately despair. If you don't hear anything else that I say today, please listen very closely to the next sentence. We are at our best when we have healthy relationships that bring community to our lives. Maybe I should say that again, that we are at our best when we have healthy relationships that bring community to our lives. And at the heart of healthy relationships is the ability to love. Jesus emphasized this to the newly formed church in John 13, 35. By this, 
everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The mark of being a disciple is not how you dress or how your, how your hair is fixed or, 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 or what you look like in the outward sense of, of adornment. It is, it is not whether or not you live by religious codes or carry a big enough Bible. The mark of discipleship is how well you love. The mark of discipleship is how well you love. This cuts right back to the image of God and this idea that we are created as beings of love who operate in perfect unity or community. We have this common thing together that we rally around the cross of Jesus Christ and our faith in Him. And because of that, we come together as a loving community. 1 John says it like this in 1 John 4, 7-8. through 8, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God Because God is love. Because God is love. So so somehow or another, we can't can't get in this vein that says, you give love a bad name because God is love. When we speak the name of God, when we declare the name of God, we are speaking the name of love. And and at the heart of Of all of this in the community of God is this idea that we are to be like Him. That's a hard, that's a hard thing to swallow. See, I mean, it's the forming nature of Christ in all of us, and and hopefully the the fruit of the Spirit is, is bearing record in our life, but but have you ever noticed that the fruit of the Spirit does not start with self-control? It ends there? I mean, there's a lot of people that want to get in, 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 in church situations, want to make these declarations about how that we should control ourselves and how that we should do this and do that. And there's all of this doing. And, and then there's others that they want to key down on, well, we need faithfulness, and I understand that we do, and there's others that, that want to key down on, well, what about the peace of God? But have you ever noticed that the fruit of the Spirit starts with love, and I don't think that is a mistake or an accident? I don't, I don't think that, that in any stretch of the imagination that it was just a random thought that, 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 oh, well, you know, let's just begin somewhere. How about with love? No, I think everything is rooted in this idea that God is love and that if we are going to be his disciples, this is the fruit that makes everything else possible. Without love, there is no joy. Without love, there is no peace. Without love, there is no uh, uh, faithfulness. Without love... There is no long-suffering without love. There is no self-control. See, it's love that that creates within us this this abiding strength of God to, to move through the rest of these fruit that should be growing in our lives. If it's love that makes you bear long with relationships that need an, an enormous amount of patience. 
It's love that makes you deal with your kids when they're teenagers. It's love that causes you to have the fortitude of faithfulness to change a dirty diaper. Then there's Jim Laughter, who has no ability to love. He has no heart. He's a heartless man. That's why it's on the church board. You know, you need heartless people. You know, but love. I should have never opened that one up. Oh, Lord. It's love. It's love. It's it's love that causes you to give sacrificially of yourself. Think, think about that for a second. Matter of fact, matter of fact, the Bible talks about the kind of love that, that God has for us. And it's the same God whom we are created in His image. Not a different God, same one. He talks about the, the depth of that love. He says God's love is demonstrated in the fact that He Gave himself sacrificially. See, I mean, this is the thing that, and and I, I know I've got you thinking this morning, but I mean, this is the thing. As difficult as it may be when you've been shot through the heart, love is still the pathway to joy and peace. Love, love is still the pathway that leads you down the road of satisfaction in a satisfied soul. Every one of us have the opportunity in our lives to be cut, to be shot through the heart. I love what... Proverbs 19, 12 says, it says, Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. You couple that with 1 Peter 2, 3. Above all, love each other deeply. That's actually 1 Peter 4, 8. Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. God's grace is rooted, is rooted in this idea of this unconditional, sacrificial love. It says, I'm just going to love you anyway. It says here that love covers all sins. It heals our hearts from wrongs done against us. And it covers us when we wrong others. Even if reconciliation is impossible, having a spirit of love keeps us from becoming bitter. I'm closing. This is a... 
This is a difficult subject in some respects. And the reason why it is difficult, because there are circumstances with people in our lives where reconciliation is not possible. I've, I've spoke on these subjects like this before, and they say, well, pastor, does that mean I need to do this, this, this? And, and, and I've, I've said very plainly and openly, even behind uh, the pulpit of this church, I have said over and over again, when Jesus said, love and pray for your enemies, it doesn't say, and go get in their tent. There are times in our lives where, where circumstances are beyond our control. In these, in, in these times, what do we do? We pray within our own selves for a spirit of love that can just love those who despitefully use us. And then we are very careful. This is the deal. It's because we have to be very careful not to allow that relationship that is not reconcilable to keep us from forming new relationships with people who are. We can't allow detachment to drive us. Why? Because these verses demonstrate clearly to us that even our gifts are given to us for community. People have asked, Pastor, how can I re-engage? How can I get back in the group? How can I, after having been shot in the heart, how can I move on with my life? And I have said this and I believe this. I practice this. We serve others with our time, talent, and treasure. And it heals our broken heart. We serve others. Which is completely opposite of what we feel like doing. Completely opposite. I mean, I, mean, I just want to be through with people. And yet the word of God calls out to us to go find somebody to serve. The Word of God calls out to us to step into a sacrificial life where we give of our time and our talent to help others and to minister to others. And as we do that, we love. That the Word of God calls out to us to sacrificially give financially to support ministry and missions. And through this, we love. And when we love, we can't go wrong. We can't go wrong. When we love, we begin to feel the residual benefit of being a part of that community as we are walking in the nature of the God whom we claim to serve. That even Jesus Christ, hanging on a cross, would pray for those who were driving the nails. That even Jesus Christ would say, forgive them. And he says, if you will do this, if you will do this, you will live the blessed life. If you will not allow circumstances of life, circumstances with people, 
moments in your life where you've been shot through the heart, you will not allow that to build walls of detachment. But if you'll say, you know what, I'm going to bring these walls down by finding someone to serve. I'm going to love somebody through the church. I'm going to love somebody through my life. I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to love somebody. People come to me at times and they talk to me about emotional situations in their life and they feel like they want to isolate. And I, and I tell them all the time, I say, listen, the worst thing you can do when you're depressed is to isolate. The worst thing you can do for yourself. I know I've been there. I've been there. I've been there where, where, where people had to convince me to come out of the house. Convince me to come out. You got to get up. You got to get moving. Pastor Brett texted me one time. Uh, Raylene told on me and must have told him I was crawled in a hole. And my, my, my text message went off. I'll never forget this. It's probably about one in the afternoon. I should have really been engaged with life by now. But I was just so down. I just didn't see any way. I just, just didn't even want to get out. Just want to cover my head text message goes off is from Pastor Brett it, it says something like this I just checked the weather forecast for Tulsa today according to them it's a clear sky and about 73 degrees you really should get out of the house you really should Go, go engage with life. Go engage with what's happening in the world around you. Don't allow this pain that you're feeling right now to cause you to build walls of detachment. Don't detach yourself from life. Get up. And I, I tell people when they come to me and talk to me, I, I say, you know, I mean, maybe you should, Maybe you should come up here on Tuesday night at 5 o'clock and serve food to families. I mean, maybe, maybe if you did that, if you just got yourself out of the house and if you just come up here and just take a, a couple of hours to pass food out to families in need, maybe, maybe that would help clear the fog a little in, in your mind. Maybe, maybe if you just join a ministry team at the church. See, I believe in this. I believe in this thing called community because we have been created by a God who himself said it is not good for you to be alone. It's not good for you to be alone. You've got to find a place to love. You've got to find a place to love. If you're facing that today, I'd, come talk to me. Come, go, go talk to one of our other pastors. Find a place. Let's find a way to, to plug you in with a community where you can serve because, because when you serve, you are at your best. And when we love, we are at our best. We're at our best when we decide that we're not going to allow circumstances in life. We're not going to allow the pain that has been caused by other people. We're not going to allow these things to cause us to detach ourselves. We are going to embrace community because God created us in his image and his image is perfect unity that's what God is calling for us today to do is to love man 
I want us to love as a church. I want us to love like we have never loved. I want us to serve like we have never served. I want us to give like we have never given. I want something to pour out of our lives that says, you know what? I'm just going to live in a, in, a, in a sacrificial, generous way. I'm just going to let generosity just get a hold of me. Why? Because I'm at my best when I love. I'm at my best when I love. Would you stand with me today? God bless you. Jesus in your name. Before we move, I ask you to continue to pray for my family. My dad's hanging on in a weird, kind of weird state right now. We want to pray for that. Pray for my brother who is there. I returned on Friday. Just pray that, that, that God will have his will in that circumstance. Kathy Mulkey, her dad passed away Friday. And let's pray. Let's pray for Ronnie because she's carrying that hard, man. Let's pray for her that, that God will encourage her and, and, and touch her. In Jesus' name. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name your, your strength in that circumstance. Just pray in the name of Jesus. Pray in the name of Jesus that you would work in that life. By your presence. By your presence. Jesus. This morning and say, Pastor, I need a fresh start in my life. I need to give my heart to Christ, maybe for the first time, or rededicate my life. Would you just slip a hand up and say, that's me. Don't be ashamed. I'm not going to call you forward or anything like that. Thank you, Jesus. I wonder if our prayer partners would come forward right now, if you're on the prayer partner list for this service. Step forward. Just pray for Pastor Spunky. He was sick yesterday, terribly sick. Yes, I don't, I don't know if he's here today or not. I might, shot, I might not should have said that. Anyway, uh, anyway, he's miraculously healed if he's here. <laughs> Praise God. If you have a need in your life, several are facing sickness. You've been facing situations in your life. If you, if you want prayer today concerning those, I, I really want you to come. Get, get involved in this community action of praying together. For specific needs in your life. If you don't, if you don't have a need in that way, my prayer for you is that this week would be the week that the love of God just explodes in your life. May this be the week that your heart be, is healed. If it's been shot, that your heart is healed, and that you're able to step into the into the realm of generosity again. That something would just explode in your life of joy and peace that is rooted in this idea that we were born to love. In Jesus' name, let me pray for you all together. Father, we just declare right now in Jesus' name your blessing over our lives, your blessing over this week. May the joy of the Lord be our strength, and may your peace pass understanding. I give you praise for everything you are doing. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for your blessing. Everybody said amen to that. If you need prayer, come forward. Otherwise, God bless you. I'll see you guys on the